try to create counter narratives to what was being said and written and uh, about us. I mean, we've been uh, uh, we've been filmed and, and our stories have been told by others. And it's really important that we uh, we take um, like whatever opportunity we get to tell our stories. Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America. In today's episode, a trio of stories explore the complex relationships between parents and children in director Kivu Ruhorahoza's drama from the East African nation of Rwanda, Father's Day, which was screened as part of the DGA's global cinema series. Set in and around the Rwandan city of Kigali, the film interweaves the tales of a mother trying to cope with the death of her teenage son, an impressionable young boy who is dragged into his small-time crook father's increasingly violent schemes, and a young woman conflicted about whether to donate an organ and save the life of the father she never truly loved. In addition to Father's Day, which was nominated for the Encounters Award at the Berlin International Film Festival, Mr. Ruhora Hoza's other directorial works include the feature films Europa, based on a true story, Things of the Aimless Wanderer, and Grey Matter, and the documentary Pilgrimages. Following the global cinema series screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. Ruhora Hoza speaks with director Alex Stapleton about filming Father's Day via video from Rwanda. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. Well, I'm so honored to be here with you and to present your film. You have a, a, an audience here, uh, here in Los Angeles. Uh, we have all just watched um, the film and congratulations to you and thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for having me um, out of the blue after all these years. Uh, I hear from you and it's for such a wonderful opportunity. I really appreciate it. Uh, I owe you uh, the finest coffee from Rwanda now. Yes. Or tea. <laughs> Well, I have to say, um, we, uh, I have a, a partner who curates the series with me and, um, she was blown away by the film and I was like, Oh, father's day, Rwanda. And then I saw your name and I, I was like, Oh my gosh, the world is so small and everything is, is meant to be. So, uh, yeah, we're just, we're very happy to have you here. Well, I'm going to get into questions about the film. Uh, we would love to, to hear more of, um, I mean, I guess let's just start with the origin of, you know, wh what was the origin of making this film? I know that you had a film that came out right before you made Father's Day or created, you know, the, the concept for this film. And it, it you know, the, the pandemic kind of uh, collapsed, you know, uh, on, on all of us and, and the film wasn't able to come out. And then you came up with this concept. Can you talk about that and what drove you to make this film? Sure. Um, in 2019, I, I released um, uh, a docu-fiction um, called Europa about the uh, um, current socio-political turmoils in uh, in many major European cities. And then uh, my my release plans were completely uh, they completely collapsed because of COVID. And in the first three months of uh, of our lockdown, uh, our complete lockdown. I was furiously writing because I had time and uh, um, and around uh, the, um, the beginning of the year, there was a lot of debates uh, on random social media about 
the concept of fatherhood. And uh, uh, of course, it happens in a very messy way. It's not, um, these are not curated conversations, but because of uh, the nature of our society now, 27 years uh, after the after the genocide against the Tutsi, the uh, the concept of fatherhood is being reinvented and uh, um, and what was uh, the, the traditional uh, ways of being a father had been uh, completely um, assaulted because uh, because of uh, of uh, a major tragedy that saw uh, a large chunk of our, of our men uh, perpetrate the genocide against so many other men and uh, and then those who perpetrated that genocide uh, fled the country or ended up in jails so there's this vacuum um, that uh, pushed uh, so many responsibilities um, and uh, in, in the hands of uh, uh, women who had survived and and uh, and young adults who were uh, who had to uh, had to take up everything uh, for everything from the ground and then and try to rebuild a new uh, uh, society that, that that had been um, shaken by so much violence. And um, so all those debates and then uh, all these uh, hashtags, uh, men are trash, uh, fathers are failing us. And then, uh, the, and then there's, new, uh, there's a new uh, celebration on the random calendar uh, of Father's Day, which is, uh, which is new to us. The same way Valentine's Day was new to us 15 years ago. Uh, so now people are starting to celebrate Father's Day, it's starting to become a thing in Rwanda. And I thought uh, it would be a good time to, uh, uh, to make this film. And I approached my uh, my partner, who, uh, my producing partner, uh, because we we also wanted to. Uh, we kept complaining about the the long time it takes to uh, raise funds in the most unpleasant way when working with the European producers. And with fifty thousand uh, dollars, you can shoot more or less with uh, similar cameras as uh, as when you're using uh, um, like a two million two million dollars. Uh, when, so, so we just said, like, let's let's try to do it with, uh, with whatever we can find on the ground, and then let's organize uh, a major workshop to uh, to get uh, our promising technicians to uh, to work on the film with uh, uh, heads of department uh, uh, responsibilities. So that's uh, that's basically the genesis of the film. So there's so many things I want to follow up on, but I, I think starting with the. Uh, looking at Father's Day and examining the role of a father in modern Rwandan, you know, culture. What is the conversation when you're making the film? How did you want to reflect on that conversation? Um, because it's a very, there's a lot of nuance to the film and it's not, you know, there's, there's moments um, where there's, you know, these bold moments that happen and death and, 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 you know, very real life, uh, heavy heaviness, but it's also, there's a lot of quiet moments and there's a lot of reflection and there's a lot of processing. And, uh, you know, I would say that in my trip to Rwanda, I was very, uh, I think that, you know, as Americans, we have a two dimensionalized way that we understand the rest of the world oftentimes. And I think when you think about a country that's gone through a genocide, you, you have, you know, a, a movie that plays in, 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 there's a movie that plays in our heads and I feel like Rwanda is a very special country and it's a very interesting country um, in how people discuss, you know, the past, but live in the present. And, you know, how did you kind of like combine those two things with this film? So the um, uh, there's some people who got uh, the impression that I was, uh, uh, that I had painted a very dark picture of a uh, uh, a dark and, and a pessimistic picture of uh, uh, of men in, in the film, 
um, because I mean we have uh, we have this we ha we still have a generation of uh, of young male adults who were uh, uh, completely destroyed by uh, by the fact that they, they grew up in in a culture of violence. The nineties were extremely violent in in Rwanda, from, really from nineteen ninety with the beginning of the uh, of the uh, liberation and civil war. And then uh, all the way to the end of the two, two, uh, of the decade, there was just a lot of violence in Rwanda. And then so we have a lot of adults who grew up in that in that period, and and uh, who who have a way of solving things, a way of uh, uh, looking at themselves and their place in society. And then we have these uh, um, aging males who uh, who are just. Um, the, the children look at them and then ask them, like, where were you during these crucial moments of our history when people were taking um, the decisions or well, what, what were you doing? And then, and, and the, the same way I visited, uh, I, I did a road trip in the southern states of the US. And then every time I met an 80-year-old an person, I was wondering, I mean, what were you up, what, what were you doing and, and uh, during uh, the, uh, the times of, uh, of Dr. King? So it, it, it's, it's that kind of uh, um, thing that happens with with a lot of random male adults who survived, I mean their kids uh, or, or, or younger generations sometimes wonder what were they doing well during those crucial years, uh, on which sides uh, were they when there was a very little ambiguity between uh, um, uh, I hate the words evil, but evil and, and non evil, uh, and and then so I wanted to show because because this type of man who's or this type of representation of of, um, of masculinity that is uh, um, that refuses to uh, to let go and then that is shameless as to to, to the point of asking uh, with his character to the point of asking his daughter um, be an organ donor um, and and just clean and then still being a, a load on on uh, on his daughter who cannot move on, who cannot leave uh, uh, her full potential as a, as a woman and as a human being. So as, yeah, I want, I wanted to, um, I wanted to show uh, this type of masculinity dying out and then the necessity to let it die. And then uh, uh, as by refusing to give uh, to give to give an organ, and then uh, with this kind of uh, like these young uh, ultra violent ultra macho males, who are not necessarily uh, um, one of necessarily evil, but because when he the way he reacts, for example, when he, he hears of a, a woman with mental health issues being abused by another man, and then he goes into even extra layers of violence. But at the end, we see him going in a forest. And and then so sort of uh, like kind of uh, let, let may we let him go as well and then die in, in uh, die out in this uh, uh, with this uh, obscure period that we've gone through and then at the end with this uh, scene of flowers uh, that go uh, and then end up in a group of uh, kids who are just swimming uh, downstream the, the river as they're like okay let's find a new uh, let's form uh, let's hope that um women who've been uh, uh, um, major actors in a society let's hope that they, their actions and then their optimism uh bring up brings about uh new men and new fathers and new masculinity so that's uh, that's uh, how i was i was looking at all these things it's so beautiful how you were weaved all that together and i think you know there are parallels that you know i i'm from the south and and you know, seventh generation, you know, Houston, Texas, and, and grew up in the house with my great grandmother. And you, you have these, you know, the elders, you know, in, in, in a home and you, um, 
you want to you want to remember and know what happened but there's also this freedom of like being able to move forward and i think that that's you know one of the things in the film that like at, by the end life triumphs over everything and you know there's a new cycle and i feel like you it, it's just such a beautiful um reflection that we that anyone can plug into you know um you know as much as there's it's called father's day and the the men in your film are very charged and 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 dynamic but it was also very interesting and i i heard you in in uh, previous interviews talk about the fact that you haven't really your films don't really dig deep into female uh characters that that often and this was kind of a departure for you and i thought that um, the yin and yang to this story is is also looking at you know the the women uh, the two women um, that are featured in this film. What was that process like for you exploring you know the perspective of women and two very different women and two you know different with dealing with and grappling with very different things about life? What was your relationship like with with the actresses? How did you find them? How did you guys grow together? Because the performances are are amazing. When uh, when I started casting for the film, we organized um, organized auditions, open auditions, and then and then we met uh, tens of uh, of women uh, who were uh, who were interested in in different um, in, in in playing these two uh, two characters, and the but the the character who plays Zaninga, the the older woman, uh, she's the first one that I auditioned. After her, I I auditioned I think twelve others. For her, in, 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 I mean, she was the first one, and then she left uh, an incredible impression on me. And then after I had decided to to work with her, I wanted to uh, start seeing how we could build a bond because uh, uh, with this film, I only wrote um, it's like a step outline with all the actions in, in the film, including scenes that I ended up living on the on the on the editing suite. So I had all these um, all these actions written, and I wanted to build the dialogues uh, with uh, with whoever was going to play the character. So uh, before doing that, I wanted to uh, to know who she was because I had written a biography for her character, and then so we met for um, we met for coffee, and uh, and we started talking about what, what what she thought about the concept, and then uh, about these whole debates uh, on fatherhood and. Uh, Eventually, she told me that uh, she. Uh, eventually, I found out that she herself had uh, had not been able to have children with her husband, but they had they had stayed around. He, he had stayed. He's still with her, and they they never managed to to have their uh, their own biological child, and they had been together for ten years, which puts so much pressure on you in Rwanda. If you uh, yeah, because uh, there's this urge for uh, so many families is uh, like we have to renew. We lost so many people during the genocide, our males have to procreate, they have to yeah, they have to find women who can procreate. Yeah, so she was very lucky to have found that kind of man, but still felt that pressure of, uh, yeah. Uh, so the film became uh, um, a bit personal in that sense as well, because we also know so many women who are uh, so many young, so many newlyweds uh, who lost their children or their husband and then became unmarriable. And then there's this, yeah, so, uh, very soon she be, she became um, completely connected to this character, and um, because her own father was killed during the genocide, uh, I'm sorry for this for this gruesome detail, but was left on uh, on the tarmac on the, on the roadside 
And then, so it, it, it leaves marks when you leave a body on a, on a roadside, yeah. And then when we're playing that scene where she uh, she puts flowers on on the, on the road where her son had an accident, she uh, yeah, so she just completely collapsed and yeah. But this it was it, there were lots of those kind of moments. And then the other character when I'm, uh, I was shooting uh, uh, a small music video for a friend, and then the uh, the other character played by Alina Mike. I found it really interesting how she was moving around the camera and then how she was uh, getting direction. And I asked her to audition because we were having a hard time auditioning for her part. And she she came and then uh, we uh, I took several weeks before deciding because of a few things that I was worried about because she was she was not an uh, she she was not an actress. But uh, the other woman does a lot of theater in Rwanda. Uh, so I, I asked this uh, um, I asked this young woman Aline if uh, I mean what she thought about uh, all, all these and then uh, and then gradually while moving towards um, our day one of shooting uh, I also realized that she was herself uh, she had been raised in an orphanage she grew up in an orphanage with her twin sister uh, her father had uh, abandoned them and that's why she was uh, yeah she she wanted so badly to play to play the part and. Right after finishing um, our shoot, her father reappeared, sick. And that was the first time she was seeing him. And uh, he had cancer and he was uh, yeah, using a fake name because he had been just like traveling around the region. And then it was impossible to use healthcare uh, for his. So all those kind of like crazy stories that were kind of becoming really uh, like parasiting themselves to the to the film. And uh, uh, but working with them and and building the dialogues together because uh, because I had had terrible experiences of writing dialogue and on paper and then because we we don't make a lot of films in London we don't do a lot enough theatre and then people just I feel like when they get an opportunity they have to please the director and they just memorize memorize everything and want to give you what's on paper and any kind of kinds of like block them uh, so we were we were rehearsing and writing the dialogues the night before so that they wouldn't get time to to uh, memorize everything and and it was uh, it was such an organic kind of uh, of process and unfortunately get kept having little issues because of covid and and, and uh, stopping production after two days and then shooting very short days but it was a, it was a wonderful experience and the whole um but the whole necessity for me to uh, to create these characters also came from a terrible argument I had with a uh, with a friend a female uh, director who uh, had watched my film my previous films loved them but was uh, um, was telling me that I was I was writing uh, terrible female characters and and that uh, it was uh, it was a disappointment because uh, um, uh, clearly I was not uh, I was not giving them the uh, the complexity that they they should have and uh, uh, and then she she asked me to read some books and then to uh, uh, to look in my own uh, uh, circles because in Rwanda it's impossible to not walk or to not be surrounded by uh, by women who are who, who are dynamic because they're everywhere. I mean, they they were yeah. That's just the nature of our society now. Yeah. So and and now I'm ashamed of my previous films. That's just what happens. But, but yeah. But we live, we grow, and and I'm I'm just trying to do better. So. Well, it was a Herculean um, achievement. And, you know, I think even towards the end of the film, it, it makes it, just even having that backstory, it feels like the, you know, when they're sitting um, together before the, the, the scene where they're in the, you know, they're together in the, in the 
on, in the river and, you know, going underneath the water that there feels like a real moment of catharsis there. And, I, you know, I wonder if they were pulling, I guess they were pulling from their real life, you know, experiences that were running parallel as to when you guys were shooting. I wanted, yeah, I wanted that to be like a, a sort of, um, a, like a society that's been uh, by, be, be betrayed by the patriarchy and that's been betrayed by uh, religious uh, uh, leadership. I mean, we need new rituals and then uh, about new rituals built from uh, the previous ones, at least in their aesthetics. So I was thought like, okay, I'll, I'm going to create um, this sort of uh, self-baptism uh, as in like this, this is a new chapter in their lives. They letting go and then uh, they are really taking, uh, they are officially now taking over as new persons, uh, hopefully healed persons. Uh, they are ruled over like of independent um like independent women um, yeah independent from uh, the, uh, the the nonsense of their husband let me say and or the nonsense of their and and uh, the, the trauma uh, caused by the father yeah so, so that was uh, the the uh, the scene of uh, self baptism it's also quite beautiful how you know I, the the film feels like life and so authentic also because of the visual landscape that you present in in the, in the film and you know i Again, Rwanda, you know, the, the city is bustling, but the the it's such a green and lush place and uh, it's so beautiful. And so um, it, it's just it's such a, a lush. The colors are so are so vibrant and it was really exciting to see um, a real pure reflection of that in this piece, even though there's so much like there's there's hard discussions and hard thoughts and hard hard life that's happening you didn't shy away from letting the vibrancy of the background you know and 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 the countryside or the suburban areas outside of Kigali like to to really come to life was that intentional and and what was the the conversation there um, and Rwanda has been trying to to rebrand herself aggressively with a uh, with uh, um, a certain kind of type of image that's uh, um, that's very uh, uh, we, we want we, there's this need like any nation that wants to um, that wants to attract investment and not NGOs but real investment. So there's a there's a way we uh, we show Kigali which uh, um, which is very corporate, very uh, um, uh, very sanitized. Uh, it's a very clean, uh, very green city. Um, but, we, uh, but I also wanted to to show uh, uh, um, uh, the, the city as a, a beautiful. Uh, I wanted something that was more. Um, uh, authentic as as uh, as I experienced it myself, because it's just we we are we are lucky to um, to have had uh, progressive uh, leadership when it comes to um, to uh, protecting the environment, and then yeah, so there's just trees everywhere, and and, and the tree, and when you just go outside Kigali, it it becomes just so green and so uh, like I mean these rolling hills. And all our dramas and all our traumas happen in this uh, uh, idyllic kind of uh, setting. Uh, I don't know if it helps to, uh, to 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 deal with these traumas, but yeah, Bakigali is really beautiful, and and I invite all your audiences to uh, to visit. Yes, I hope that you, all of you need to go to Rwanda. I wanted to also maybe just kind of like tie things um, up. I, I wanted to talk about the fact that you edited this film because you just, you mentioned that you had um, a, a list of, of the scenes and, and the dialogue was being written. And it's, it's, I was curious if all of these connections and the weaving that happens in the edit, did you have that mapped out, you know, 
before you started shooting or were those things that, you know, you started putting together while you were shooting and, and enhanced in post or, you know, how it's such a formidable story to direct and also edit because of the, these connections that you're constantly drawing between these three families. My scripts, if I, if I may call it that, by the script, um, by it's written in Excel, Microsoft Excel, which is, yeah, and um, was quite organic. Uh, and I wanted it to be uh, like a living thing, uh, which could uh, um, change uh, following the, um, um, the, the whatever COVID was throwing at us, because we, at some point we had to uh, stop shooting for, um, for a few days and then went back to... Uh, uh, went back on set and then uh, a few things had to change and my and while editing the film uh, because the uh, I, I didn't realize that I had shot so much um I had uh, uh, a few things that I left uh, I left behind and I had to um some, to be creative with uh, uh, what information I was uh, uh, I was delivering here because uh, the reference uh, to it had been left and uh, in the editing room and uh, it was quite a great exercise of uh, of uh, rewriting, but not completely, obviously, um, rewriting the film in the, in, in the editing room uh, and trying to uh, to emphasize the uh, another unfortunately absent positive male um, figure, who's uh, this uh, caring young man who uh, who teaches uh, kids uh, how to roller skate, and then uh, to bring him back and then. Uh, and insisting that we uh, that I have them have him for uh, almost two uh, two extra uh, two uh, extra second, as in when when he's coming back to um, to this um, when Zaninga is being asked to to remember to remember him mm-hmm. because I shot that scene really really late I'd even started editing and I realized maybe I should um, it could be a good thing to uh, to uh, bring him back and uh, to uh, and I suggested that dialogue to the three actresses and then. Uh, and then so because that was not the last day, but the day before the last when we shot. And yeah, so I added that at the very last minute and I wanted it to be uh, to be on the screen. like just like with this uh, with this track. And uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was I was really lucky to have that freedom to be able to shoot and then edit and then uh, get, get that uh, break that was imposed on me by COVID and then uh, shoot again. And it was uh, yeah, it was a good exercise in uh, um in artistic freedom, which, uh, yeah, which, I mean, I would, I would be very happy to lose it and then work with proper budgets and, and, <laughs> and proper teams, but yeah. It's good too. Well, that kind of brings me to like the, you know, the, the end of, of this, but it's just, I, I wanted to get your thoughts, you know, this is a community of filmmakers that are sitting here listening to you and how important is it for, you know, stories, especially, you know, to be a Rwandan and to, be able to tell authentic stories from Rwanda and do you is it a struggle sometimes with the expectations of like what the international market you know expects for you know uh what they want to see versus what you want to put out there you know through your own lived experience and and how you want to represent the culture yeah there's a um there's this um there are expectations when when we are um, working on uh, on stories that are closely or remotely um, connected to the genocide, but everything is connected to the genocide in Rwanda. Unfortunately, it's such an overwhelming reality that uh, uh, that befell uh, our, our people, and then uh, we we just everything is connected to it. And um, so there's uh, there's this when when the story is 
political, there's these expectations uh, for you to be, uh, uh, to meet uh, the, the, the standards of, uh, of uh, like for foreign created standards of uh, like the fairness of, of this and that. And, and then when it's a, it's, it's a drama, sometimes we, uh, we meet um, or I meet um, uh, sales agents or produ- uh, producers who are, who are telling me as I like, but American audiences are not going to connect with this. Oh, you just, uh, yeah, you just give me a three act structure. Uh, or European audiences telling me uh, who cares about this, who cares yeah, that's in that, why, what, uh, why uh, don't you give me that instead of this? And so because uh, we don't, unfortunately, we don't yet have, uh, we don't have uh, funding, um, funding schemes or funding opportunities that are local and that would, um, that, that would make it possible for us to, to, uh, to tell uh, stories as as uh, as we uh, we feel should be told, so us um, storytellers as well end up unfortunately kind of creating what we think that audiences uh, foreign audiences uh, will want to, to watch or will want to buy, and we even write uh, dialogues in foreign languages and then translate them in our in, in uh, mother tongue and sound weird. Or sometimes people impose themselves um, uh, films where the characters are speaking English when it's not natural, because it can happen if we, if we, if it's uh, depending on the social uh, classes of the characters. So uh, these expectations uh, are, are kind of um, are kind of cre- uh, creating um, poor practices in the industry, but we're also trying to fight them because uh, I mean we have uh, access to. Uh, um, and have access to, to black magic cameras. I know that people tend to mock them on Facebook uh, pages by uh, cinematographers, um, but uh, uh, that's just that's just where we are. I mean, to be honest, I mean, we work with what we have, and then uh, we try to um, we try to create counter narratives to what was being said and written and uh, about us. I mean, we've been uh, uh, we've been filmed, and then our stories have been told by others. And it's really important that we uh, we take um, like whatever opportunity we get to tell our stories. And, and uh, it might look wobbly right now, and it might look technical. Uh, it might look uh, not ready for the market, but it's just uh, it's just a matter of opportunities. And when we get those opportunities and the support that we need, and and the openness, I think yeah, I think um, the the industry will grow, and then uh, and the stories will look more authentic and still market ready because what's uh, what's if it's well made, uh, if it's local and it's well made, I don't see why it wouldn't find uh, its uh, its audiences around the world. Absolutely, um, and the future of film. I mean, I think you know. I want everyone to know here that you talked about this workshop that you did, um, you know, preceding the making of the film, and that workshop is, you know, this is also a goal that you're doing in conjunction with making films. Is that you're also trying to to train and teach technical skills and filmmaking skills to more Rwandans so that the industry grows and gets bigger. Can you talk about that and, and uh, you know, the goals outside of, you know, your movies? Yes. Um, what me and my producing partner, we have a small production company and we have this uh, um, six weeks intensive um, workshop that we uh, uh, we want to be annual. Uh, if um, yeah, if we can manage to convince uh, different partners, otherwise we'll have to make it shorter, maybe. But we we hopefully that uh, we hopeful that it's going to happen again because we've done our first edition, and uh, the idea is to um, to take all these uh, 
promising cameramen and camera women and turn them into cinematographers and then uh, uh, take these uh, um, people who cut uh, conferences or the news and then uh, um, show them films, analyze the films together and uh, uh, read uh, uh, theories on editing and get all these uh, production designers or all these people who do uh, or set uh, when when we're doing uh, um, live performances um, and get them to uh, start uh, watching films as production designers, as potential production designers. Because every time we get uh, productions, foreign productions in Rwanda, uh, it happens every once, maybe once every two or three years. I mean, we don't have any single head of department, but we don't need even, yeah, it's usually the third person in the, in the hierarchy uh, of uh, every department who's Rwandan. And uh, and so we're trying. We are hoping that we can uh, we can raise the bar, and then uh, and then we are we are hoping that uh, even for myself, I don't I don't want to work uh, as a fixer. I want to to direct, and I want to uh, to tell stories. And uh, but sometimes I have to uh, to be a fixer because that's uh, that's what I'm assumed I can only do uh, because I know uh, the, the uh, I know Rwanda, and and then uh, and so so this workshop is uh, um, like. Uh, collectively trying to um, to to raise the skills, and because we, we also don't have film schools at the moment. I mean, we have uh, initiatives by various people. Uh, some survive, others don't survive because because of funding opportunities or other reasons. And and because now we have so many we have so many uh, resources online uh, when it comes to uh, to teaching. So we watch tutorials together, we try things together, and. Uh, and we are starting our first um, independent cinema. We have two. We have two cinemas that show um, that show blockbusters because that they are because that's what's happening everywhere in the world, I guess. Uh, but we are creating our own uh, um, a, a small cinema. Uh, we and we hope to start screening and then creating new uh, um, release culture of uh, of a theatrical run at small scale, a hundred people. Yeah. So it's across the uh, the board. Uh, we're, we're trying to create more prof uh, professionals, basically, and uh, um, and uh, whoever is in the audience who's willing to uh, uh, to, uh, to to learn more uh, from it, or whoever in the audience has uh, uh, like an an old lens that's sitting in a garage, send it over. Uh, whoever has access to uh, tens of scripts, uh, screenplays. Uh, that we can make uh, our our screenwriting students read. I mean, yeah, please, we yeah, we we love uh, we we love to get love from everyone. Well, Kivu, um, I we are also honored to that. Uh, what time is it there? Uh, it's five forty-two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for very early. Yeah. for getting up so early in the morning to talk about mm -hmm. your film, to talk about Father's Day, to you know transport us to uh, to to your world in this world that you created with this film. It's really beautiful, and um, I'm so excited and honored that you joined us today. And I hope that everyone continues to 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 follow this brilliant filmmaker and and all of the work that he will continue to make. So thank, thank you. you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. After all these years, it was, uh, yeah, it was <laughs> Okay, Kivu, ha have a good day. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later, my friend. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I'll go to bed now. And okay. I'll check out. <laughs> yeah. Good night. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more, The Director's Cut is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow film buffs find the show 
Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America 